Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. The final hour of the Friday edition is here. OutKick 360 underway. Hope you're having a great start to your weekend. We're going to get you ready for the football weekend with college and NFL headlines. Uh, Tennessee's Jalen McCullough cleared by the school. And he's still awaiting uh, the Knoxville Police Department and District Attorney clearance, I guess. Uh, But he's not going to face discipline by the University of Tennessee. That means there's no suspension coming. Well, no. Doesn't mean he's still suspended. Let's ask Austin Price. That means the school's not suspending him. The program can still keep him out. Okay. But the, the... they kept him out last week, right? Yes. Okay. And that will probably continue. Okay. Austin Price joins us from VolQuest.com, uh, who has everything covered on all things Tennessee athletics. What a week, Austin. Let's start there. Let's not start with Jalen McCullough. Let's start with the week. Um, has the party stopped in Knoxville? No. What, what a time to move. What, what a time to move to the on three network, huh? Hey, oh great timing by you guys. Good hey, work. You should have charged two dollars instead alive. of one. I mean, I'm yeah. a paying member right now. I'm in. I, I mean, we. Thanks for your dollar. Um, you know. <laughs> hey, let's give the anytime, a, a dollar anytime. for the rest of the year is the offer at volquest.com. Well, no, it's a dollar for. It's not for the rest of the year. It's a dollar for one year. So you join now. It's a dollar for the first year. And then it goes to the nine ninety five. Are you um, horse? Are which you, is are you brilliant, sick right by now? the way. Brilliant. Hey man, we had a thriller last night between Carter and South Doyle. I lost my voice. I'm playing it. Was a there we go. Nothing and a half. Okay. Um, no. To to answer your question, the party's not stopped. People are still watching the YouTube videos. They're still watching the game on repeat, re airing on the SEC Network, pulling it up on YouTube. Um, I was at the stadium yesterday, um, just by chance, and. The scoreboards still say the 52-49, and it's the awesome. game where the game was on the SEC network, it was on all the TVs. So I was like, I was like man, if you sit here and wait, when he makes the kick, well, you just, you know, <laughs> well, there would be a, a roar, you know, I mean, but, you know, I didn't see what, what a scene. So, hey, were you on the field or in the press box? No, we saw, Hutton, if you remember, late in the game, I, I pointed down to the field where we were sitting, and I said, there, oh, there's right. the great Austin Price just – Swaggering over behind the goalpost, yes, where the ball was kicked, and it was when tennis. I want to say is when they had it midfield. I spotted you roaming over. I could tell the walk right away, <laughs> and you were walking behind the upright before Tennessee got in position to kick that field goal. How honored are you that in one of the best moments of Chad Winthrow's life, he's looking for you? I was in section Q, and I said that is Austin Price walking right there. He did, yeah. Um, I'm very honored. Um, yeah, I was I was up against the wall at first, and then I realized, you know, by the time I followed the ball to, you know, to, to the uprights and then to the officials to give the good no good, if it's good, they're going to be over the wall. And at that point, like, I'm not going to be in a good spot. So I ended up moving back to the side, um, you know, because I did not want to get trampled by the stampede. 
And, uh, you know, they didn't come as quick as I thought they might. They still came quick. Um, but just that wall presented a more of a problem to get across for the masses um, as far as coming and just full, full on go. Um, but, yeah, it was a, it was a heck of an atmosphere. Um, what an ending. As, as someone, you know, pointed out, you know, about, you know, they were talking about, you know, Bryce Young. And I said, you know, if Bryce Young doesn't play, I didn't know what it was. It was somebody, everybody at Volquist was just, you know, you know, all over Bryce Young and how great he was. I mean, you know, Disney won the game. They're talking about Bryce Young because he was great. And it made yeah. the win that much better, yes. right? Yes. And so, yeah. like, if Bryce Young doesn't play, Tennessee wins that game by two or three scores, you don't get that moment, that that pure joy, the jubilation, the moment, the, you know, the duck, you know, wounded duck kick or whatever they, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, the whirly bird that falls out of the tree in the, you know, in the spring. Um top kick and you know what a moment it was i mean like the scene that cbs stuck with for minutes on end was uh was pretty remarkable austin price with us volquest.com the site how fortunate is the schedule right now for tennessee knowing that ut martin no no offense to ut martin but they don't have kentucky immediately right after this game and then georgia right after that they they it's not a bye week but it's the next best thing well, yeah, I mean, and I've been talking about that for six weeks. Like, how this thing lines up for Tennessee is is really, really good. I mean, like, you go back to 2016, and they played Florida, and they won, right? That's the big Jawan beat Jalen Tabor. They had the Jawan Hail Mary the next week. And then they went two top ten Texas A&M and then came home for a top five, maybe it was even number one Alabama at the time. Four-week run before you hit a bye week, and then they blew it against South Carolina. This year, you had Pittsburgh then Akron, then Florida, then a bye. LSU and Bama, two-game run, then UT Martin, nice buffer game, to, to Kentucky, then Georgia, and then the last three, um, you know, which aren't as tough. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the way this thing's built and structured, you hit the nail on the head, um, it, it's really nice for Tennessee. I mean, nobody wants to set through UT Martin on Saturday, but for the team to kind of refocus and, you know, kind of, you know, kind of re, you know, clarify their their goals and stuff i think it's great it's impossible now after the win over alabama to not say well there's something special cooking with this group in terms of how they're playing and how they get ready for each game what has this week been like from a preparation standpoint from how they've handled everything we all know austin it's not going to matter on saturday against ut martin per se but it is going to matter against kentucky in a week even if they're a two touchdown favorite in that game, it'll certainly matter in Athens in a couple of weeks. Just overall, what is the demeanor of this team? Really focused. Um, they've been really good all week in practice. We talked to multiple members of the staff. They've been impressed by how the kids came back into work and, and kind of turned the page. Um, I mean, they partied hard over the weekend, but Monday got here. It was it was, it was was moving on to UT Martin. That doesn't mean you're going to play great on Saturday. Um, and it's still – I mean, it's hard to get up, you know – to play in these type of games, you know, no matter, you know, how good you are, it sometimes you just have that lull. So, you know, I, I think it matters more next week. Um, you know, they're focused, you know, they talked about after the game, you know, that, that their goal was Atlanta and uh, they know to do that, they're going to have to get by Kentucky first and then get by Georgia in two weeks. And at that point it would take uh, whew, quite a, uh, quite a bad run the last three weeks to not make Atlanta. Austin Price with us. You can follow him on Twitter at Austin Priceless. Do you think we'll see Navy Shuler 
this weekend and uh, tom- uh, tomorrow and how early? I, you know, I want to say no. Um, wow. I, you know, it, it, maybe they do. I, I, I think ultimately, you know, I think Joe Milton, one, I think Hooker is going to play, you know, this staff's never going to pull guys after like a quarter. So, um, you know, I think Joe Milton plays, you know, and when he gets in, um, I hope that they let him run the offense with some of those younger receivers like Chaz Nimrod, Squirrel White, like go tempo still. Like, you know, don't change. I mean, Joe deserves that. He's been a heck of a teammate. Absolutely. Um, he deserves a, a good game to come in there and, you know, throw the ball around a little bit and not just hand it off. Then they'll go to Taven Jackson. And, you know, if you remember, if you go back to the, what was it, the second or third game or the first or the third game of the year when they went to, when Navy got in, he was actually the fifth quarterback that got in the game. So um, I'm not sure they get that far down the line this week. Austin, if if you're a group of five school and you have a, a a player who is just climbing up the charts on the stats, they do a blitz on all things media relations and PR to make sure the media knows about that guy in order to get them to New York for the Heisman. Sure. What's Tennessee about to do for Hendon Hooker? Well, you know, we've talked about that, and is does he want that? I mean. He's kind of a laid-back guy, not big on the hoopla, not big on the hype train. And so I'm not sure he would even want that. Don't let him I, choose. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, they, may, they may not. Um, but, I mean, like I think you're going to see some type of push here from, from Tennessee, you know, you know, especially I think the month of November makes the most sense. Um, you know, get Go, past going Kentucky, into the Georgia game, really. Say, some yeah. would say might get yeah. past Georgia, but yeah. I think past Kentucky's when you, you see them. And ramp up the the stats and the the, the anecdotes and the, the the campaign. How good was he versus other quarterback performances you've seen at Neyland Stadium? All right, he was great, man. I mean, both quarterbacks were awesome. Yeah, right. I mean, it was both. it was back yeah, and forth. And, you know, I mean, Bryce Young's ability to keep his eyes down the field are the best I've seen. Um, you know, because I mean, Tennessee was barreling down his neck. I mean, if it wasn't Bryce Young, you know back there at quarterback for Alabama, you're looking at five, six sacks. Instead, you know, he kept was Houdini back there. And then Hendon Hooker, man, he just so cool, calm, collected. He threw the ball well. He made enough plays with his feet. And then he didn't get rattled when, when you know, when he threw the pick, I knew he wouldn't get rattled. I wondered, how's he going to respond after the Dallas Turner scooping score where he and Jabari kind of had the miscommunication on the handoff um, at the mesh point exchange? Didn't flinch, man. I mean, he just got right back up, went right back down the field and, you know, hit Hyatt again for a fifth touchdown. And so, you know, Hendon, Hendon is the most cool, calm, collected kid I've seen uh, play quarterback here um, in my time. He just – he's never too high, never too low. He's got he's got a little bit of passion to him. But, I mean, he's he's a borderline – he just flatlines half the time. I mean, it's like, where's the pulse? I mean, like, nothing really, like, bothers him. And I mean, he just keeps playing. Austin, help us through this Jalen McCullough story because he's facing a felony charge right now and a felony arrest, but the school has cleared him. It's a very weird story. Everyone would admit that from the beginning when it started. Josh Heupel kind of said, well, it's not a suspension. He's just yeah. not available this weekend. Available. His hand was doesn't hurt. really make a lot of, yeah, maybe it was an injury with the hand. Who knows? He was wandering around. What, what, what is going on right now with that, and, and what is his status now moving forward? Well, it's unchanged. He won't play this week. And uh, I think there's some hope that all that will get resolved. I think there was a lot of hope that it would get resolved this week, but it it's not to the point that it's resolved from a football standpoint. So, 
Um, and what do you mean by resolved? Are you saying charges dropped or a yeah, reduced he charge? He still has charges against him. I know what the lawyer said, but the, the charges, to my knowledge, based off talking to people this afternoon, they have not been dropped to this point. Um, and so I think what you're seeing is some legal posturing going on because ultimately this is where it's headed, right? It's just taking a while to get to that point. So it's, again, there's no direct flights. There's two connections getting there. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, where I'm at with it is, you know, we're headed towards that, to, to that resolution, in my opinion. Um, the, the biggest thing is, is like, you know, he, there was no, you know, you never heard Jalen McCullough's side to the story, right? You know, there was no side to the story. Still have it. Correct. And there's always two sides to the story. So based off people I've talked to, I think Jalen will be just fine uh, and, and will probably return sooner rather than later, just not this weekend. Have you heard anything from the Tennessee perspective, the university perspective, on the Jermaine Burton incident after the game? I'm not. I think they're letting Alabama handle that. You know, um, you know. I mean, Alabama's well aware of it, and uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, not a good look for him. You know, and uh, you know, got to be smarter than that. You know, you saw. I mean, as much flack as Henry took for getting off the field so fast. Um, you know, and and his teammates sure did stick around last year to you know you know, congratulate him in Alabama. That's what they're coached to do, right? Get off the field. Alabama's had the field stormed on them several times over the years, one being last year at College Station. And, you know, they're coached to just get off the field as quick as possible. And Henry ran, got off the field. Jermaine Burton kind of walked, which gave more fans an opportunity yeah. to get around him, which put him in this situation. Obviously, he didn't handle himself well. And, um, you know, that's something he will – very likely have to answer for. So, Austin, I was in the stadium in 2001 when Tennessee beat Nick Saban's LSU team with 256 yards receiving from yeah. Kelly Washington. And then Jalen Hyatt has five touchdowns against a Nick Saban-coached Alabama team. And then after the game, I'm thinking, that is going to be an all-time great Tennessee performance. But Cedric Tillman's coming back probably in two weeks. What does Cedric Tillman now do to this offense – this receiving core, especially with what we've seen from Jalen Hyatt? Well, it just unlocks more things. I mean, Hendon now just has his full repertoire back, but it's a repertoire that now has grown. I mean, Hyatt, grown as a player, much more confident in the offense, more trust with Hendon. You know, I mean, it's easy to get up there and say, I trust all my guys, right? But, I mean, like, let's face it. You go back to the Pittsburgh game, he threw it to Cedric Tillman 20 times. Now, he ended up throwing it because so many, so a bunch of passes there late in the game. Hyatt had like 11 or 12 targets and like 11 catches. Um, but Brew didn't. And now all of a sudden you see Brew with more targets, Hyatt with more targets, more production from both. Ramel Keaton stepped up. Now all of a sudden here comes Cedric Tillman, the favorite target, right? Back into the fray. And uh, I, I just think that it just it's going to add so much more confidence to the offense, to the play calling, to Hendon Hooker. Um, getting him back is big. He's been running around. I've talked to multiple people. He's not going to play this weekend. That would be silly, but he has absolutely been out there running routes, cutting, sprinting on the practice field this week, ramping up for next week. Again, kind of getting himself back into shape. He's had to you know, be without being mobile for the last 30 days or so. So getting him back in, into some semblance of playing shape is big. And they've started that process this week in practice with him running routes and getting out there and doing some conditioning. 
Austin Price, VolQuest.com, our guest. Austin, if, if we were doing this in July or August, I would ask you the same question on expectations. So forgive me for looking ahead here. Sure. Is national championship contender being mentioned in Knoxville after that game? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of fans um, are letting themselves go there as far as like, you know, can you know, what's our path to the playoff, right? Right. If you beat yeah. Georgia, you're you know, if you beat Georgia, you're in the you're in the SC championship game, you're in the playoff. Um if you don't, then you got to root hard for Georgia to beat Alabama, which gives the tied two losses at eleven and one. I think Tennessee still probably gets to the playoff because I, you know, inevitably Michigan and Ohio State, one of them's going to lose. We'll see if one of them slips up. Probably be Michigan for it be Ohio State, you know, and then other teams that are right there along the Tennessee, they're bound to, to to slip up at some point along the way. So, absolutely, there's talk. I mean, I don't know if there's national championship talk. I'm not really heard. Well, that talk. It's about getting to the playoff, right. which gives you the chance to compete for the national title. In other words, absolutely those scenarios being thrown about. And again, still got to be Kentucky, but hey, Kentucky couldn't outscore you last year when they, you know, dominated time of possession. Tennessee's run defense a lot better this year than it was last year. So like the whole like, well, Chris Rodriguez. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, these other teams have had good backs too, and they hadn't run wild on Tennessee. So, you know, for me, like if Tennessee doesn't turn the ball over and they do what they've been doing, I don't think Kentucky can keep pace. Then it comes down to Georgia <laughs> and, and and avoiding a potential trap game with probably a night kickoff in Columbia. You know, but again, if Tennessee plays their best, I'm not sure any of those teams minus Georgia can beat them. And, and Chad, I bring this up because August 21st, we'd be talking about is Tennessee the second best team in the East. October 21st, now we're talking about is Tennessee in the college football playoff. And, and that is a great thing. You know, forgive me for comparing this to the NFL, but the Bengals, I felt like last year were a year ahead. It's okay it's, for Tennessee it, to be a year yeah, ahead. It's, it, before the season, 10-2 and two was the ceiling, and right now in mid-October, 10-2 and two is the floor for Tennessee. Yes, yeah. So that's, yeah. that's the way I look at it and think, that's, that's not a bad thing at all. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in the, the stadium on Saturday. You do it now Austin, with the quarterback. And I'm thinking, yes, and you've, you've got this quarterback for this this season, and they're going to be turning over probably to Joe Milton next year and then Nico eventually. But that atmosphere and the amount of five-star talent and four-star talent that was on hand to watch it, I was honestly surprised only one player committed <laughs> after the game and, and not more. I know there's going to be a commitment made tonight or an announcement tonight here in Nashville by a kid coached by Trent Dilfer at Lipscomb Academy, but what was yeah. this weekend like from a recruiting perspective? Well, it was great. I mean, you, you can't replicate it, you know. I mean, I think Tennessee has surged ahead for David Hobbs. Um, I would not call that one done. Um, I would call that Tennessee is, is, is in the best spot they can be in at this point, but he's going to a, Alabama this weekend for an official. He'll be at Georgia. And he's a five-star defensive weekend. lineman, is that correct? Five-star defensive lineman from North Carolina, that's correct. Um, you know he'll be there for the you know, for the Georgia official for the Tennessee game, so he'll see Tennessee play again down there. So you know I, you can't replicate you know what you got done. Tennessee had Khalifa Keith in the running back who's committed to Kentucky from down around Birmingham. Uh, Jerry Max in there to see him tonight. Uh, Ronnie Garner's will continue to swing at a bunch of these defensive linemen, whether it's T.J. Searcy or Keldrick Falk, and you know Florida State's on a three-game losing streak. So, how much do the Keldrick Falks and Lucas Simmons, you know, stick behind Florida State? Um, Michigan State's been terrible. Stanton Ramil was obviously an option early on before he picked the Spartans. You know, Tennessee and, and Stanton have had some conversations the last couple of weeks. 
you know, do they get back at major league and play there? You know, but, you know, I think the NFL is is a good way to look at the, how quick this turnaround's happened. I mean, look at the Jets and Giants. Who saw them doing what they've right. done to this point uh, after, you know, where they were a year ago at this time? Now, with that said, Tennessee has always been like, you know, why can't we not turn around? Out at Arkansas, they're turning around quicker. And, and this team and that team, where's our season at? And they finally got to this point where they're having one of those seasons. And, um, you know, I, I know for Tennessee fans, they just feel good about it and thus – the atmospheres have been great, which have, you know, leaned heavily on recruiting and it, it, you can't replicate it. You, you can't, you know, if you're saying bad things off of last weekend, then you're looking to have a bad time. <laughs> um, give us your thoughts on the, the black helmets. I don't know if you've seen them in person or not. And the, the uniform coming up for Kentucky in two weeks. What are you talking about? I've seen them. Come on. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's not a secret. I mean, the problem is they put this stuff out there and the players Snapchat it. And I'm sure you've seen the orange helmets as well. So, I mean, like this, this is not some kind of, you know, I mean, in, in a old time, these are things you hide. Uh, it's hard to keep things hidden. They started conditioning those black helmets on the practice field this week. And so I think they look good. You know, I, I thought last year they took Tennessee's white helmet, put the black face mask on, put the black outline around the T and made it and, and credit Roger Frazier who did all that. He designed it all made it look good. Unlike, you know, when Tennessee went black in 2009 with Lane and the yes. you know, Pacific Bell jerseys or whatever the, the, yeah. the, the screen dons, um, you know, with the white helmet, it just didn't look as good. Just like when Tennessee went gray at first and had white helmets, didn't look as good. Then you put the gray helmet with it, changes it. This black helmet will change the look. It'll look really sharp. And, uh, you know, as far as the other colored helmets, I don't think you'll see those at home. I think the best chance you'll see them would be potentially on the road if they use them at all this year. If they use them at all this year. Austin Price of AllQuest.com. <laughs> can always, you can always hold them back. They're wearing, by the way, the light blue uh, sleeves this weekend in sleeves honor of Pat Summit, yes. right? That's cool. Socks yep. also? Yep, sleeves and socks um, for the game uh, tomorrow. You, you see them do that for you know, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, wearing pink before. Um, they're doing this for Title IX, for Pat Summit, the Lady of All Blue. So, uh Yep, that's how they'll rock homecoming tomorrow in honor of the greatest women's basketball coach of all time. Austin. Good, good to see you. Thank you, man. You're the greatest guest of all time on this show, and we appreciate you. Uh, you and Brent get it done, and we look forward to next week where we'll be previewing Kentucky and looking ahead to what can be what it an epic finish. We're going to wear Peter, Peter Millar sleeves in your honor. Well, no. And, the, the, and, and, the best part is, Atlanta, is I, I finally got hubs on board. We have ordered Peter Millar VolQuest gear. Yes. And it's, wow. Good job. This, wow. this, this, on three, uh, this on three partnerships really paying off are, for you guys. Are you about to host Already a golf amazing. tournament at Atlanta Athletic Club after this too, as well? No, I'm not going to host a. I'm not going to host one at Atlanta Athletic Club. Hey, when are we going to get the invite to the yacht uh, for because it's in Augusta at, at, in the yeah. Vol Navy that you're going to have now too that you were on three? Yeah, I, that that thing's sunk like the uh, <laughs> the. Uh, Goalpost. Although the goalpost did not sink. <laughs> yeah, the they went in and got it. Sink. They decided it was it was floating and they're like, oh, we'll go take this out and saw it up. The goalpost, the goalpost washed up in someone's backyard. Austin, uh Austin also Good washed story. up in someone's backyard as he was following all the stories. Yeah. And uh probably his own. Night became day. Yeah. Uh, Austin, thank you, man. This has been great. They, last week was amazing. And uh here we go. It's gonna be a crazy ride. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Have a yeah. great weekend, Austin. Thanks. One thought about a potential UT national championship. We're getting way ahead of things. Go ahead. Right? But 
97 was supposed to be UT's year, right? Peyton's last year. Yeah, 96 or 97. So it doesn't happen. He leaves, and it happens with T. Martin the next year, 98. So we're talking about being ahead of schedule. If you're ahead of schedule and you win it with Hendon Hooker while he's here, instead of with the guy who replaces him, whoever that is, whether it's Milton, whether it's Nico. Right. It would be kind of like if you're looking at the parallel, uh, the next guy winning it would be parallel to T. Martin winning it. If you wanted it to be different, you win it this year with Hooker still here. Not that he's Peyton Manning, but that's the well, this, the parallel. This feels an awful lot. This will put lot, him on the same show. This feels an awful lot to Tennessee like, <laughs> Collegiately, yeah. like 98 in that no one was expecting that in 98. And, and take the Peyton part of it out everything else. They were 22nd, I think, preseason when they went to Syracuse and won on the field goal, the last second field goal to win it. And that was like 22 versus 18 in the country, and then they win the national title. Tennessee was right outside the top 25, sort of similar spot going into this season, and they've kind of shot up out of nowhere to be in the mix. I'm not one that's thinking about national championship right now, but there's obviously a route to the playoff to give yourselves a puncher's chance if you get in that 14 playoff to win a national title. Well, the thing is, if if UT is the the quote-unquote outsider into that national championship, the problem with the outsider in the national championship is that they can't stand toe-to-toe with Georgia and Alabama. Well, if Tennessee's there, it's because they've stood toe-to-toe with Georgia and Alabama. That's a great point. What we see across college football today, and again, it's October 21st. This is a prime year for a 12-team playoff. Oh, my gosh, yes. On campus in round one. Well, just look at the nine the unbeatens TCUs right now. And, Think and, about it. Well, Syracuse, Syracuse might have and, one or two losses and would be in a 12-team playoff in this in this random year where they're not normally going to be in the mix. UCLA and Oregon well, can both Ole Miss go. can ECU lose one or two and still get in. Yes. You know, it, again, like it's, Tennessee it's a Tennessee is virtually year. in right now. <laughs> even if they lose to Kentucky, they would certainly be in. Even with a loss to Kentucky and Georgia would be in a 12-team playoff this year. Yep. And it would be fun. Who would want to face Tennessee as an 11 seed if in a 12 team playoff? If they had two losses. It's, it's perfect. It's perfect. And yeah, yep. we don't get it. Hopefully, though, Hutton, this is the teaser to what's to come. So th- there'll be more seasons like this where we look at it and say, man, those 12 teams were fun when you get to the playoff of what you didn't know was going to happen, much like you see in the NFL playoffs. Where or there'll you don't be know. a year with three teams in a 12 team. Right. Playoff. And then there's going to be some fun games with 12 versus five. In 11 versus 6, and then some team's just going to roll. Two or three teams will roll right to that spot, and then some team will roll to the national title. Coming up, we will roll into some college football discussion. The top games of the college weekend tomorrow, we'll preview those for you, including Mississippi State, Alabama, Kansas State, TCU, and more. Later, I've got the upset picks for you for the NFL weekend on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. 
Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Let's get you ready for tomorrow's kickoffs across college football. Week 8 of the college football season, Syracuse and Clemson, number 14 Syracuse, on the road against Clemson. Remaining at number five. They've virtually been right there all year. Um, I know they started the season number four, uh, but they haven't slipped much at all. And the Tigers are much better than I would have expected. I raised my hand on this. I thought they would have slipped up at least once by now. They're in the middle of this gauntlet. And now Syracuse comes in unbeaten with a chance to knock off the top of the conference. It's Clemson favored by 13 and a half at home. It's just... You think Clemson, you think all defense, run game. You think Syracuse, under Dino Babers, think passing attack. Yes. Throwing it everywhere. It's a Mirror it's opposite. A, yes, it's a weird matchup because DJ Uungalale, the quarterback for Clemson, 12 touchdown passes in the last three games. Syracuse with Garrett Schrader, the former Mississippi State quarterback, they got a great running attack, good defensively. This needs to be a very low-scoring, battle-it-out, grind-it-out type game for Syracuse to have a chance. I just don't see it. I don't either. Clemson's talent wins out in this game. They're a two-touchdown favorite for a reason. So, for Syracuse, the test is just a level up. It's it's just different. Their best win so far is 32-29 against Purdue. Or you could say it was last week against NC State, but I would say it's against Purdue. And that was an NC State team that was down their their number one quarterback. Schrader needed a miracle touchdown toss in the final seconds to beat Purdue. And the Orange kicked a go-ahead field goal with a minute 14 to play to beat 2-4 and four Virginia. All that being said, everything's in front of them. And this wakes up a lot of people if they go on the road and win this game. NC State beat Clemson last year. Can Syracuse beat them this year? Well, Hutton, you know, we talked about the what's the most impactful game of all of these? And I think my answer to your question was, can I see who yeah. wins these games first? That's, because That's a fair question. If Syracuse beats Clemson, boy, does that turn the ACC and what we think about the college football playoff completely on its head. And we have to completely reevaluate. I think similar to Tennessee beating Alabama last week. I mean, the assumption was Alabama's a 10-point favorite. They'll find a way to win. It'll be close, good environment. But Tennessee winning... Suddenly, it's like, oh, well, now Tennessee's an actual factor for the college football playoff. We'd say the same about Syracuse if they go on the road and beat Clemson. And the option for those who, who missed the show yesterday, I asked, more impactful game, Syracuse-Clemson or UCLA and Oregon. That's our next game. Uh, 3.30 Eastern on Fox is this kickoff. Uh, the game features the two best quarterbacks in the conference of the Pac-12. UCLA has won nine consecutive games. Um, going back to 2021, going back to last year, but they have lost against Oregon for a while now. And here is Bo Nix 
taking on UCLA and, and everything that they do well, which is a very balanced attack, but a very Oregon-esque type of offense from Chip Kelly going back to Eugene for the first time as the head coach of, of UCLA with a packed house. He went back there in 2020 to an empty stadium. Now he's back there with a what should be a great college football atmosphere. A lot of talk of the Rose Bowl and the lack of atmosphere and the lack of fans in that building this year. But this is only the second time this season, which is crazy in late October, that UCLA has left the Rose Bowl for a game. Their other away game at Colorado, who's not just one of the worst Power 5 teams, one of the worst teams in all of college football. And they blew them out. So this is a very different beast going to Oregon for this game in, in that environment. And ever since the Georgia game, where they got embarrassed in week one on national TV in Atlanta on a neutral field, Oregon's averaged more than 50 points per game since that point. Hutton, I think it is the thing that is holding them back and holding them up right now for a college football playoff spot. What I mean is everyone's going to point to when they were in the arena with a truly great team, they were embarrassed. But they're also going to hold up the fact that that was week one. When we get to late November and we're legitimately talking about who's going to be playing in a college football playoff with another month and a half to go, if Oregon wins this game and wins a, a Pac-12 title, they can easily go back and say, we're, we're not that team now. Not with me. We're not that team in week not one. Not with me, because you know my mantra. It's not if you lose, it's how you lose. If Tennessee loses to Georgia, then it's a tight window game, and they're a one-loss team, and then Georgia loses to Alabama, hypothetically, in the college football playoff, or Ole Miss, let's just throw them in there too. Oregon does not have the argument for me to buy into based on how they lost to Georgia, given that circumstance. Yeah. This is a big game for the college football playoff if Oregon <laughs> wins because I think it helps the SEC for the argument to get three in if Georgia continues on this path that they're on. Or uh, it's going to rain. For starters, it's, okay. it's virtually guaranteed to rain. Bo Nix said he's played in two games where it's rained. Um, Auburn beat Arkansas in 2020, beat Samford in 2019. You throw out the Samford game, sure. obviously. Um, the Ducks have the best rushing offense and the best rushing defense in the Pac-12. The Bruins have the second best rushing offense and the second best rushing defense. So that is a very interesting storyline bests against bests there on a potentially sloggy uh, day where throwing it might sure. be particularly tough. The other thing I'm going to be curious about here is Oregon is not good on special teams. They do not cover kicks and punts well. So if this is a tight game, which we'd be rooting for here, is there a big special teams play? Well, especially in, in weather. In rain. Right. I mean, that, that's where we're going to have a real problem. And, and, to, and Both great points. Under your point about not if you lose, but how you lose, you said if Tennessee plays Georgia in a tight window game, if Tennessee lost 45-24 to 24 and showed the ability to score some sure. on Georgia, they look light years better in terms of the transient property of these two Again. teams played each other. And, well, plus, and, what's your best win then? And, and, and the Transitive, the, not transient. The, yeah. But you see my point. The, I mean, the two... I know. It yeah. was so bad. They were never competitive. It wasn't like they got off to a good start. I feel like, and it was tough in the first quarter. No, it got left. It was bad from the start. And I feel like the majority of the country watched Oregon, Georgia, right? 
the majority of the country watched Tennessee, Alabama. And either one, Georgia or Tennessee with one loss, but not playing the SEC championship game, to me, they win the argument over Oregon if it comes to that. Now, if UCLA wins, now we're off to the rivalry matchup with UCLA and USC. But th this is a, an impactful game for that argument to get three in and not two. Because right now they've got two in the Southeastern Conference. Let's skip ahead. So we've got Texas and, and Oklahoma State, Mississippi State and Alabama. We, we've covered that. The top game, TCU and Kansas State uh, on the, in the, in the marquee. Eight o'clock Eastern, FS1 is where you can find this. TCU... I say the top game because they are the sleeper, guys. The Frogs. Chad, they're the sleeper. No one's talking about them. We're talking about Oregon, UCLA, and, of course, Alabama's still in the spotlight. Uh, Syracuse, Clemson. TCU comes in unbeaten. They have a chance to make the playoffs. All they do is win out, and they've got Kansas State with, all of a sudden, a quarterback that's playing well. Martinez it's, is it's, playing well. It's unbelievable, the transformation of Adrian Martinez. With Chris Kleiman and Kansas State, a great coach in a good system that knows how to coach their players. It's working out well. Am I, am I throwing shots at Scott Frost? Go ahead. Yes, I yeah. am. Because Kansas State knows what to do with Martinez. And Sonny Dykes knows what to, to do with Max, Max Duggan. 70% completion percentage, 16 touchdowns, one interception. He's running well. He's sort of on that next level of Heisman Trophy candidate yeah. right now for TCU. Yep. But this is a very dangerous game. And Vegas is telling us that. TCU well, only a field goal favorite at home against Kansas State. This is going to be a fun game uh, tomorrow night on FS1. They have There's played not great gauntlet. games in that night window. This is one to keep an eye on. This TCU. is their fourth straight really solid quality opponent. Yes, yeah, that's what I was going to say. They've got a lot better. I mean, the, the the best Kansas State win was over Oklahoma when they were six, but Oklahoma's nothing. Uh, right. That six meant nothing, yep. right? So Kansas State hasn't played anything like what TCU's played. Paul, by the way, speaking of TCU and their color purple, I love this purple on you. Thank you. It's a I'm very, a it's a very good purple. look. I'm, I'm like normally how, not a fan of purple, but I like that purple. Do you like, like how he zips purple. it up all the way to the, the Adam's I think you should well, go a little further down. It was further down, but, but the yeah. temperature, like that yeah. the, the other thing that's been gone down is the temperature in this room. Temperature in this room goes down, zipper goes up. I think in, in the name of fashion, even when the temperature goes down, that zipper should go down <laughs> the same way. Not, not go up, just go down. You didn't notice down. me when it was down, it looks but good. it went I, up when it, was, when it was cold. That's fair. I really like that color on you. And Thank you. Normally, I'm not a fan of purple, but I'm I like it. I'm a big fan of purple. I like it. Appreciate you. Frogs. Uh, you, uh, also, frogs. frogs. Yeah. Frogs. I like their color purple also. I, 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 I don't really understand the spread if it's only two. Well, but... but they're getting quality. K-State's getting quality play. TCU is the better team. And TCU's now been through the gauntlet of emotions. It's not just the, the, the schedule, but like the way they're winning. You know, Duggan's making the big run in overtime against Oklahoma State. And it's a, you win that game. Now you've got to turn around and at home play Kansas State, who can play spoiler. And a team that can play legitimate defense in Kansas yeah. State. That's another also. question I have here that connects a couple of these games. Is it fair that I don't really, truly yet believe in Bo Nix in Oregon no. and in Blake Martinez no, 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 that's here? Fair. Yes, that's I, fair. I expect both of them to fall flat Adrian on their faces Martinez, at, yeah. at some point. What yeah. did I call him? Blake. Blake, Blake Martinez NFL, is someone else. NFL linebacker, I think. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. you're right. For the Giants, okay. maybe. 
Because Blake Martinez sounded familiar also. Oh, he, was just, he was let go by the Giants. Yeah. I don't know where he is now. I don't know where he is either. Well, if you're a fan of one of those unbeatens or one-loss teams that wants to find a way in the, into the college football playoff, you're a K-State fan tomorrow against TCU. They and, could lose later, too. Who do they have still? It, this Texas? isn't. Yeah, Texas. they've got at Texas. Yeah. They've got. I think they host Texas, Texas. Actually, I think they'd lose that game. Coming up, I'll tell you who's going to lose as a favorite in the NFL. Like it. My outright winners. I'm going with the Ooh, underdogs. I see a shocker up there. I've got three of them this week, and I'm confident in all three I see a in shocker. the NFL on Outkick 360. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. What a time to be alive, boys. Friday afternoon. Football Ladies weekend. and gentlemen. Do you think they said the that weekend. in the 1830s? Sixth and What Peabody. a time to be alive. No. When everyone's dying of cholera. <laughs> but like, you at know the what? time, a great they, thought time had, guys. they thought they had it great. Like, Dude, the plague was like... A hundred years from now, do you think they'll mock you the for plague? saying that? I wonder, like 1500s maybe? But they're like, you know, a hundred years ago when the plague was going on, that was rough. Now that our life expectancy is 38 years old... <laughs> what a great time. Ah, oh, what a time to be alive. This is great. That's a great question. We should get some historians I think on. I, every era says that. And I always think, well, it can be better because it was better now than it was then. I mean, I feel like there's a, I a like number of people early. throughout... We're going to have jetpack soon, Okay. People throughout no, history not. that have said, you know, this is not a good time to be alive. But this is not, it's not <laughs> this going is not well. The best. It's not great. <laughs> not great. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. You guys ready to win this weekend? Yes. yes. Let's Cause, do it. Because I am. Uh, I'm going with uh, the NFL outright underdog winners. Moneyline bets on the underdog this week. Give me the Colts over the Titans. The Colts are going to make everything close. They did last year, and they started 0-3. Now Matt Ryan's throwing for nearly 400 yards. The Titans are just as confusing as every team in the NFL practically right now. This is a bigger game for the Colts. And for that, I think the Colts are coming on the road. They are taking this game with the Titans coming off the bye. The, the, the bye helps them get healthier. One thing they can't do is get faster. And the Colts can get better at wide receiver, which they've done. And they're getting Jonathan Taylor back. Take the Colts on the road, plus money, outright winner. You guys agree or disagree? I, I think that has a reasonable chance of happening. I do agree it means more to the Colts, for sure. Hutton, I don't disagree. Okay. Is that a good enough no, that's summation that's of correct. my feelings? Give me the Giants over the Jags. Yes, the Giants are the underdog on the road in Jacksonville. The Jags are favored in this game. I'm guessing it's because it, they're one of the best in the NFL at stopping the run. This is Saquon Barkley first on the opposite side. The Jags are only surrendering 89 yards per game rushing, which is third best in the NFL. If the Jags stop the run, that will put things squarely on Daniel Jones. And we have seen what happens when everything's on Daniel Jones. I would automatically, though, pick the Giants to lose if I knew that, that Saquon Barkley wasn't going to show up. But 
this has been Barkley's year. How can you not take the Giants here plus money in a week where they're on the road against Jacksonville? This is not on the road against Dallas or Philly. Take them and just assume that if Vegas is right, Vegas is always right. But if not, you're taking the better team here. And that's what I'm doing. I'm taking the better team. It's a sensible choice. Here's where I go on this, and you guys know I'm pretty consistent on this. I look, and when I see the spread that's out of whack, I go with the out of whack side. Because I go, that's ridiculous. It's got to be the other way. And what generally happens is, yes, that that the Jags go and win this game because bigger than you expect. Here's what I know. You said that Jags are great at stopping the run. One of the league best at stopping the run. Third best in the league. Um, they're also one of the league best at losing yeah. as a franchise. Very so, consistently amongst I, the best. Overall, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. The, the Jags are this year's version of the Vikings. They lose close games. Of their four losses, no losses come by more than eight points. Yeah. This is a close game. I'm biting better. my nails on this. The Giants are winning this on the road. And Paul, truth be told, your stat yesterday had me text Davey Hudson and say, we're adding the Houston Texans wow. what was my on stat? this underdog week. I'm taking the Texans against Vegas on the road. Houston's going on the road. They're winning this game outright because the Raiders can't throw the football. Oh, Where they yeah. were last year versus this year, Houston's been awful. Sixth to this 23rd. is one of those games where you look up and go, man, the storyline is going to be about Derek Carr, Devontae Adams not being on the same page, and the fact that, that here is McDaniels going, uh, we're waiting on next year. Against they a might, team that they have no business losing Derek to. Carr and Devontae Adams might connect, but then that'll be all that happens. Like, uh, all, that could be all the yards because they're just not throwing it. I'm taking I, I the like rookie the, class I like of the Houston taking a Texans. crack at this at plus 235. Let's go. This is not a parlay. I'm taking all these individually straight up. I'm yeah. taking a parlay. $3 <laughs> on this parlay. This is how I'm going to get back. Chad's I'm gonna back to his bet. $3 when net you $58 if these hit. Have you won anything yet? No. And he's back to sharing. Thanks to Trey Wallace of Outkick. Yeah, for he that screwed South Thank you, I texted about. him. Thank, Thank you, you so much for I that I texted him. They night. lost 10-6. I texted him. I said, you killed us <laughs> with that bet. And he watched that. And you know what he texted me back? He said, yeah, they just couldn't score. <laughs> <laughs> That's like me with the Yanks. Yeah, they just can't the hit. Thursday night college game doing their best Amazon Prime NFL impressions last night. Yeah, fair no enough. one scored in college. Fair enough. Virginia, Georgia Tech, same thing. Have a great weekend. Enjoy college football and the NFL. We will recap with you on Monday. All things football with all the storylines and headlines on OutKick 360. We start at 3 Eastern. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend, don't block the box and be sure to lock your locks. See ya!